It's Jesus. Wow, what a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you turn to John chapter 10, and um, it's just exciting things that the Lord is doing among us and on the earth today. He is alive and well, and he sits upon the throne, and uh, so thankful that you're here today, uh, fellowshipping one of another, the body of Christ coming together, the church, right? The church is, we're thankful for the building, but that's not the church. You actually can't go to church, and you can't actually leave church. You are the church, and so you're a limb. You're an important part of the body. And so you're here, and so uh, if this is your first time, we're so thankful that you're here. And uh, the, um, the Spirit of the Lord is present to heal and to help us and to pour out His Spirit. He's already done that this morning, and so uh, it's, it's a privilege to be here. I appreciate Pastor and Sister Dees and their love for the kingdom and um, the good things of God. So John chapter 10, you, you're going to help me preach this morning? I think that was a question, and I don't know that I got 1%, but whether you're going to help me or not, I'm still going to preach. So if you help me, that'd be great. That helps, but if not, I still have a word, and uh, God's word is anointed. John chapter 10, and verse, starting at verse 1, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep heareth his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And he, when, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the strangers." This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture." The thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd of the sheep. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Amen. So I want to preach for just a little while. Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. Amen. Why don't we lift our voice? Why don't we praise him today? Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for pouring out of your spirit today. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst and what you plan to do. Hallelujah. In these last days. Hallelujah. Help us, God. Anoint my lips. Anoint our ears. Have your way this morning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands again unto the Lord. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Uh, again, I'm privileged to 
what, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful service, just a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord. And uh, uh, we, we had, yes, prayer on Friday night, and uh, it, was, it was wonderful. Uh, obviously, all that goes with that or the length of time. But, but as we started prayer, I was, I was sitting and just actually kind of going through Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the works of the flesh and then the fruit of the Spirit. And so just helping myself to get a little focus and was, was uh, just praying the Lord that to help. Uh, we, we throw down and we cast down all those works of the flesh and God that the fruit of the Spirit would, would be activated and, and flow um, in my life. And so as I started, you know, the fruit of the Spirit was love and was thinking about that and praying about that and then it came to joy. And so, um, Jesus' door, great. Uh, I had to check sometimes what Logan puts up there, but it's fantastic. Uh, uh, but I was thinking about joy, and, and I started, my mind started reminiscing. I went all the way back to, to when I received the Holy Ghost. And the uh, Lord brought me back to that place and uh, started thinking about the, the joy that I had when I, when I first received the Holy Ghost. I was 22 years old. It was right about there in the front. Remember walking out, remember driving home, just, man, excited, Holy Ghost, powerful, just joy of the Lord. I mean, I was a mess, and, and God just kind of rescued me, just really visited me in ugly places and delivered me and, and brought me to that. And remember, I was telling my daughter this yesterday, I remember walking into, to, into, my, into our home, I lived with my folks and my brother, and they were all sitting around the table, and boy, if they had a pin and if I had a balloon, you could just hear the sound when I, you know, I was just a giddy mess. I was just so excited. And they just looked at me with such a disdain and, and just didn't understand this crazy individual walking into their home. And so, uh, but, the, but the joy of the Lord. And so it just kind of just brought me back to, wow, we, we get sometimes so, so distracted with life, right? We, we, we grow up, right? We, we, we start worrying about some other things or we want maybe deeper revelations. And all of that stuff is good, but I've got to make sure that I've got the joy of the Lord, right? David said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And right, that, that place where I was lost and found, Jesus met me and the, the place where Jesus just filled me with the Holy Ghost. I don't, I don't want to forget that day. I want to keep that ever present, just ever engrafted into my mind how powerful, wonderful it is. And then we came into church, my daughter and I, we were doing a little, we had to do a little cleaning last night. And Pastor and Sister Dees had just got done being baptizing that young man in the name of Jesus. And it just hit me there. It just struck a chord that, wow, that's what's so important. That we can't ever lose. That, that we can't forget. And that, that the main thing, the main thing. I, I must be born again of water and of spirit. And, and so that just kind of just stuck with my heart and, and just felt like that God just leading to just share and preach the truth and the word and that, that the doctrine. And, and then this morning, coming in this morning, hearing that, that Jalicia and, and, and Tori, another generation has received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't know, that, should exc that excites me, that, that another generation is following in these apostolic 
footsteps. Amen. Pastor Simmons preached in this pulpit. I preached. Pastor D's preached in this pulpit. We're preaching that one God. Amen. Jesus' name, one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Amen. That Acts 2.38, that apostolic doctrine is still moving on to another generation. All exciting about that. They're so wonderful. See, if you don't understand, because doctrine can be altered. Truth can be changed. And so I, and, uh, I'll try to move quick as I can here this morning, but I used to work for a medical malpractice company. I remember certain situation that we came across and that, uh, you know, th- that once it's in the record, it's hard to expunge it. It's, it's hard to take it out. It's, it's hard to go back and find out how did it get in there? Why did it get in there? And so, uh, what, you, shall, you know, what, what shall we do? They asked Peter. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And somewhere along the line, there was an alteration to that. And so, as you know, again, medical malpractices, and we remember one particular case that this, we found out or kind of seemed to find out that this one man goes to the doctor and just starts talking about a condition. Again, I I don't know who it was. I don't have a name, but I think he just happened to mention AIDS. He mentioned it. It got into the record. And then when he went to see another doctor, that doctor just saw that circled and put it in the record. And after so many doctors, he's going to the doctor and the doctor's saying, so when did you get AIDS? Well, I never did. I just happened to mention it. But it became a part of uh, of the history of this man's medical history. Did he have it? No. Did he ever have symptoms? No. He just talked about it. It was, ever, it was just mentioned, and now it becomes a part of a historical record. And that's what happens sometimes with the, with the things of, of God because it says in 1 Timothy, right back when the, the Apostle Paul is preaching to Timothy, writing to Timothy, 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God created both to be received with thanksgiving and know the truth. For So it goes on and on and, and talks about how the word, verse 13, 1 Timothy 4, 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Amen. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. We have to continue in the doctrine. You have to continue in the word of God because there will be some, there will be spirits, there's seducing spirits, there's doctrines of devils, there's things that, that, that seem right, that feel right, that may look right, but they're wrong. Amen. Because it's not found in the original blueprint. It's not in the word of God. And so you must study for yourself. Jesus said, I am the way, John 14 and 6, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the door. 
I need him. There's no other way around it. You can't go around another corner. You can't hide, sneak in the back door. But Jesus is the door. He is the only way to get, amen, into heaven. He's the only way to get to the Father, amen, because he is the Father manifest in the flesh. I just want to go through a little bit of doctrine, if I can, for a little while. But it, it's, it's exciting, and it's so wonderful. And God's given us already a platform this morning. And he's telling us, I still pour out the Holy Ghost. It's, it's still available if you preach it, if you teach it, if you look for it, if you seek it. And again, I, I commend the, the families. I, I, I commend the fathers and the mothers that are, that are serving the Lord, that are continuing to serve the Lord because you've given that next generation an opportunity to be filled with his spirit. You're giving another generation an opportunity to have the experience to live for God. What a sad state it would be if the next generation misses the opportunity to get all that the Lord would have. That's, that is spiritual malpractice when when a next generation doesn't know God, doesn't know anything about God, doesn't know what the word of God says, has never been given an opportunity to hear the truth, amen. But when you continue in the doctrine, when you give heed to reading, exhortation, that you take heed to yourself. I've got to take heed to myself. Anything doesn't go. I can't just, just live life any way I want any longer, but I've got to take heed to myself and then to the doctrine. To the doctrine. I've got to go back and I've got to read the doctrine. And I, I can get bogged down here, but I, I want to, and I probably shouldn't, but, and, I, and I guess I won't. But I met people. I've talked with people. I'm talking with people that, that, that just the doctrine got, got side-railed a little bit. Just other other. Text, other, other historical documents now carry more weight than the word of God. I was meeting with a religious man and he said, I know this is not what the scripture says or I know this is not what Peter preached. I know this is not what the original document says, but no, if it doesn't say it, we don't want it. If it's not in the word, stay away from it, no matter how good it may sound. Jesus said, I'm the door. He said it. He made it pretty clear. I'm the door. He used parables, but then he just, pretty, just said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so in the garden, Genesis, real quick, just a little quick Bible study, but Pastor Dees asked me to teach, and so he preached, teach, but te you mentioned teach on Friday night, so I'm going to teach. And so <laughs> Genesis chapter 3, if you know the story, you read Genesis chapter 3. They ate of the, the forbidden fruit, and they, uh, they were naked. They covered themselves with fig leaves, and then it says in Genesis chapter 3, 21, and Adam and to his wife the Lord made coats of skins and clothed them. So their covering of their nakedness, which represents sin, wasn't good enough, wasn't the right solution, and so God had to kill, set a principle in order that innocent blood would be shed in order to cover the sin of man. This, this principle of substitution, something because the sin, the soul that sins, the Bible says, shall surely die. 
So when the soul sins, it's got to die. But Jesus, right, the word of God has introduced this principle. Almighty God introduced the principle that innocent blood can be a substitute for that soul that sins. Okay? And so then in Exodus chapter 12, children of Israel read the book of Exodus, but it talks about the Moses, God sending Moses to the children of Israel and how they're going to leave Egypt. Egypt, they were in slavery, in bondage in Egypt, right? And so they were under uh, chains and uh, bondage. Sin is a chain. Sin is bondage. Right? The Bible talks about the pleasure of sin for a season. It doesn't debate that sin can be pleasurable, but it gives it a short window when the reality of what it does becomes truth. Right? That sin is only pleasurable for a season. We live in a region of seasons that actually could change daily. And so that pleasure could just last a very short time. But what's, what's after the pleasure is heartache, guilt, shame that could last a lifetime. I told my daughter, I was just saying, you know, there's just some things that I have to deal with because there isn't a control-alt-delete in my mind. I have the Holy Ghost. He helps me, but I've got to cast some things down that maybe would have never been in there. Had, But God, God's will is perfect, and so it, he helps me, right? So, so, they, they, I, so they, uh, they've got to leave Egypt, the Lord spake to Moses, saying in Exodus 12 and verse 1, this month shall be the beginning of months, first months of year, spoke to the congregation, take every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And so verse 7, and they shall take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses. Verse 11, you shall eat it, with your loins girt, your shoes on your feet, staff in your hand, and you shall eat it with haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And so um, this, this story about that they had to take a lamb and put the blood on the door. This, this, this apostolic truth, and again, uh, where, I think I saw her, I, but I, wanted, I don't know where, where Dana was here, but her mom, we're so glad to have Dana. Maybe she went downstairs, but her, her mom who uh, passed away, Sister Evelyn Mackey, serving the, she was 97 years old, serving the Lord for years and loved this thing and, and just kept loving the thing. Sister Dawn, I know you used to tell stories that, boy, she forget a lot of things, but she never forgot the Word of God. The Word of God became engrafted into her heart. This Word is so powerful. And so they were to... to to, to eat this lamb, put on their, their door, they eat, would they eat it with their, with their shoes on, ready to go, yeah. Yeah. right? This is not a, you know, we, we, that's just talking about being ready at any moment, yeah. right? And so this, this easy believism or just a, we, 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 there's, there's rest that we need. You need to have rest, but don't relax, 
Relax is just, is, is, is just your muscles be, get atrophy. You just do nothing. You step back. You pull back. God doesn't want you to pull back or relax from the things of God. But, but I, want, I, want to, I want to remember the joy of the Lord. I, I want to remember that, that wonderful thing of coming out of the water and feeling the weight of sin. Just I mean, I was light as a feather. I, don't, I can't explain it. It was supernatural. It was wonderful to be baptized in Jesus' name. So they were to put it on the, the doorpost, and here the Lord says, verse 13, and, and the blood shall be a token upon your houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you then uh, when I smite the land of Egypt. And so when, when the Lord saw the blood over that door, if he saw blood, death would pass by. They had to make sure that they put the blood on their door. Amen. Jesus is the door. Amen. You've got to put the blood of Jesus upon the door of your heart. And there's a way to do that. We're going to get that in a moment. But, but so that this, this principle here, this doctrine that follows through, because um, it says that um, the, the, the Bible talks about, thank you, I will try to take my time, but uh, the, the Bible talks about that the Old Testament was a type and a shadow. And, and so that brings us, and then that brings us to the tabernacle. Logan, did, were you able to? No, weren't able to get that. So there was a great little picture that I had that had the, the tabernacle. And so it had the, I'm sorry, Logan, he worked so hard. Um, and so it had, the, the tabernacle was this, dwelling place. Exodus chapter 25 verse 8, the Lord says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you, but how do we, how do you, you got how do you get, Jesus is the door. It's, it's got to go through G Jesus. Jesus wants to have a relationship that I may dwell with them according to all that I will show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. So I want to have a relationship, and this is how you do it. This is the, pa this is the pattern. I'm gonna, this is the blueprint. And so, um, and so that, that place where... There was a door. Oh, here it is. You probably can't see it, but it would have been great. So let me just explain to you what I'm looking at here. So there was, there was, I'm sorry. I can't resist. I'm sorry. So there was a gate. There was a, it was a, it was a, a rectangular type uh, place. It had only one door, one gate, one gate. And then there was a, a, an altar where they would make a sacrifice. There was a place, a laver, where they would wash themselves. And then there was another structure inside the tabernacle. So there was a court, and then there was another kind of building that they made. And that was the holy place, right? And that holy place had another gate. It had five pillars. So another door was there. And, um, and then... There was the sh a showbread, there was a candlestick, and there was an altar of incense, and then there was a veil. There was another door to get into the, the holy of holies, the, where the very presence of God was. 
And so, the, the great, again, I've got to just go real fast, but this is extraordinary. The size of the door, oh, I got some notes here. The size of the door, they, they were all the same size. The door, the veil, and the gate were all the same size, but they were of different dimensions. They all had the same colorings. It's Exodus chapter 27. I don't have time to, to prove it, but I'll give you the scriptures after. We'll just read one of them, but Exodus chapter 27, verses 16 and 19. Uh, and the gate of the court shall be uh, hanging 20 cubits of blue, purple, scarlet, fine twine linen. Blue, purple, scarlet, fine twine linen. It was that same coloring was in the gate, the same coloring in the door. And, and so, so the same size, but different dimensions. God manifested himself in the flesh. Jesus is the door, he is the gate, and he's beyond the veil. And, 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 and God doesn't change. The Bible says that he's the, same, the, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so Jesus is the door. And, and that, that, that is non-negotiable. That is, that is not going to change. And so I need to go through the right door. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That, that is just to me, that just, just wow, just so powerful that this was a place, a sanctuary uh, that the priest had to enter in and sacrifices were made. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by blood of, of, blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressors that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of an eternal inheritance. There is an earthly door. There is a way. Jesus said, I am the way. But there is another door. There is an eternal door. Amen. There it is. Thank you, Brother Logan. There is an eternal door. Amen. They couldn't negotiate the size of it. They couldn't go around it. They couldn't come in off the other side. They couldn't jump across the top. But there was only one way into that gate. Jesus is the only way into his glory, into the things of God, into the very, very, very presence, the holy of holies. And then there was that door, that door into that, that word of God. And the great thing about that is that gate, that one gate that was the, the size that it was, but now the, the door into the holy place was of the same size but a different dimension. It was higher and it was more narrow. 
you get closer to the things of God, as you get closer to the, the very presence and the special holy things of God, the door gets more narrow. Jesus said, narrow is the way, right? He gets greater. He gets higher. When I get closer to the things of God, I look. Isaiah said, I see the Lord high and lifted up and his train fills the temple, the wonder of God, the majesty of God. Oh, that door into that into that place of repentance and baptism, so important. But I don't want to stop and then at court, I want to get into the holy things of God. I want to get into that holy place. It's still the same gate. It's still through Jesus. He's still the only way. He is the door into that holy place. And then it's the veil, that veil that when he was on the cross, the Bible says he cried out, took his last breath. And the Bible says the veil of the temple was rent in twain. That God, that for that, that was for just the priest. For those things, that was for just the high priest that had the privilege to go into those sanctified, wonderful places. But when Jesus died on the cross, because John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, what does he say? He says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Oh, I need the blood of Jesus. The blood. Why was Jesus born? To take away the sins of the world. This is a wonderful message. This is a wonderful doctrine. Amen. And so we need to keep it. Oh, getting beyond the veil. The Bible says to come boldly before the throne of grace that you may find grace, you find mercy in the time of need. What a wonderful, that holy place that, that, that the musicians can get ready, that, that mercy seat. One of my favorite scriptures, and, and uh, I won't do it justice saying it here, but, but I just, it just really stirs my heart when I, when I read it and when I see it. Uh, I think it's Exodus chapter, what was that, 25, Exodus chapter 26 Verse 34, it says, And thou shalt put the mercy seat upon the ark of the testimony. The mercy seat is where they were to take that sacrifice. They were to take that blood and put it over the mercy seat. And when God saw the blood, right, there would be mercy. There would be mercy. Because God, because sin demands death. Sin demands justice. God is a God of righteousness. God is a God of judgment, justice. But he made a way that his blood, when he saw the blood, I'll pass over that house. Death will not enter into that house because I see the blood. And so the mercy seat, when, when he, was, he was angry with Israel, they, again, they, but... The, the, what was in the ark, and I'm going through a lot of things, I'm sorry, but it was the word of God, it was the manna, it was Aaron's rod. God's people in the Old Testament, they rejected the word. They rejected God's provision. They rejected God's authority. But what happened every year was that the high priest would put blood on that, on that mercy seat. And when he saw the blood, he said, Put mercy seat on the ark of the testimony in the most holy place. In the most holy place of God, you find mercy. A merciful God that's ready, willing, and able to forgive and to wash and extend the mercy of God. But you just can't, you can't go in any other way you want. You can't just jump around. You can't sneak it. You can't bypass the word of God. You can't come up with your own doctrine. 
That's why it's spiritual malpractice when, when the teaching is baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Because the name of Jesus, that's how they baptized in the Bible. In the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Father, Son, the Holy Ghost are, are titles to that one name. The name is what brings authority. Hebrews 9 and 22, and all, almost all things are purged by the purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. 2 Peter 1 and 11, I'm closing, so musicians, you get ready. First, first, uh, 2 Peter 1 and 11 says, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's another doorway. There's another door. I'm looking for that other door. But before I can get to that door, I got to make sure I went to the door that was given to me here. When Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Lord, Almighty God, Yahweh, Jehovah, and Christ, Messiah, the Savior, the one that's going to come. They knew that the, the, the uh, leaves, fig leaves won't do it. They knew there had to be blood applied. They understood by the court that that day of atonement, there's got to be blood applied to that mercy seat or else we're, we're lost. Or else our blood's required. So they understood. He's talking to the children of Israel that understood the law, the door. Stay with me just a few more minutes. They understood that that door and that way and that entrance, that was important. The, the, the door was identified by the same colorings, by the same things. The dimensions of God are amazing and wonderful. And so here Jesus was spending and preaching to them. And Peter, who gets a revelation about who Jesus is, he tells them, this Jesus who you crucify is both that one that sits on the throne and the one that comes as a lamb for your sins. And now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I pray that somebody's asking that question this morning. We've come, we've come to preach. To, to I, I need to hear it. I'm a believer. This I was baptized almost it'll be 29 years ago. But I want to make this as, as, as exciting the joy of the Lord. Don't ever let me forget that joy that I had when I came out of those waters, that joy that, that I had when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And maybe my family didn't understand. Maybe, maybe my loved ones thought I was crazy. But, oh, it was a joyful day. It was a wonderful day. And it's still happening today. <laughs> what shall we do? Peter said unto them, repent. Stop what you're doing acknowledge your sin and turn and walk a different direction and be baptized immersion every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins without shedding of blood there's no remission where's the blood Jesus the blood of Jesus is applied in the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children 
Thank you, Jesus. The promise is unto you and your children. If you've got unborn children, that promise is to them. Keep living for God. Keep walking for God. If there's a baby in the womb, keep walking for God. Keep living for God because your children have a promise if you continue in walking and living for God. If you've not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, then Jesus is no respecter of persons, but he's the doorway. He's the only way. He's the door into this. You can't get in other way. Hare Krishna won't save the Buddha won't save the Allah won't save you. Jesus is the only door. He is the only way. He is the only way to enter in to the things of God. And verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. It was already taking place in this day, in Peter's day, that there were false prophets and there were seducing spirits. And there are seducing spirits and there are false prophets in the world today saying, this is, no, no, you can do it this way. You don't have to do it. Brother Sawyer is telling me about someone. He said, oh, the Holy Ghost is not for today. Oh, I wish I could bring them here this morning. You've come a little bit too late. You, you've come a little bit too late to tell me the Holy Ghost is not for today. I've got a, I've got a little 8-year-old girl that can tell me. I've got, I've got a 13, 14, 15-year-old young person that will tell me, no, it's, it happened to me this morning. Yes. I'm not grandizing, but I'm boasting on the Lord. Amen. He did it, and he'll continue to do it, and he desires to do it in a, in a greater way. But one, you've got to believe it. You've got to talk about it. You've got to teach it. Well, the story we were talking about, I said, well, well they, don't, they don't believe it anymore. Or they don't, they don't, they don't think it's necessary anymore. I said, why? why? Why is that? Well, they don't believe it. <laughs> That's why it's not happening, because they don't believe it. Because they're not talking about it. They're teaching that it was for something in the past. But no, that's not what the Word of God says. It says in verse 41, And they that gladly received His Word were baptized. Gladly received his word. The same day were added unto them 3,000 souls. You got to gladly receive this word. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've not repented and baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, well, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? We've had a discussion, Pastor Jesus and I had a discussion about, uh, you know, we some things think something I'm sure some things just kind of scratch your head, right? You got you gotta leave a lot of room in your brain for the things you don't understand. Right? I, we I've talked about it. Well, boy, I wish I, when I was a kid I, I had piano lessons. Parents paid for it and I hated it. And now I think about it, I wish I wish boy I could have played. I wish I played. No, you don't. Because if you did, you would have done it. If you did, would you have given yourself to it, right? You're going to do the things you love. i got to love this word. i got to love this truth. And it says in verse 42, And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayers. They continue preaching this truth. Wow, joy. Oh, hallelujah. I remember that day. Oh, it was a life-changing day. And life and 
Don't ever grow up in the things of God. Don't. Jesus said, right, except you become as a child. You should have that childlike faith. Oh, maybe there's some things that are bogging you down. You're distracted about funny money and things and all those things are important, but don't let the joy of the Lord. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy steal, kill, and destroy that wonderful thing that the Lord, that spirit that he filled you with. It's not going to be by might or power. There's a spirit of Egypt that says, who's your God? You know, we've got talents and ability, and there's a place for that. But, but without him, I can do nothing. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you stand? You've never never received the gift of the Holy Ghost if you've not been baptized in Jesus name well I'm thankful that this is a church that we get the waters ready in about 20 minutes or less we have a system now that it's a whole lot warmer when some of us were baptized felt like we were baptized in Onondaga Lake but not any longer But what hindereth thee to be baptized? Right? That's what uh, Ananias said to Paul. What hinders you from serving God? You know, they were to eat. They had to eat their food with staff in hand and garments on, ready to go. And you know, maybe you're just getting a little too comfortable with this world. The Delilah is just stroking your hair and tick-tocking you to sleep. No, I'm gonna. I gotta keep my jacket on. I gotta keep my staff in my hand. My, my feet. My shoes on my feet. Ready, ready, ready to serve the Lord. And they continued steadfastly in the doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, prayers. Oh, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. Maybe I'm just. Peter just said, you know, I want to. As long as I'm in this temple, I'm gonna remind you of what's important. Maybe that's that, and that's important to do it. Maybe that's that's my that's that's the mission this morning just to remind you this is important. Cuz you got a generation that's coming up that that needs it. <laughs> that God wants to fill it. Oh hallelujah. Why don't we lift our voice? These altars are open. They're going to sing. Come on, let's just bask in the presence of God if you need to repent. The altars are open. Come on, it'd be great if you come down. I'm going to find an altar. I'm going to find a place to ask God to help me, encourage me. Oh, Paul said, I want to make sure that I bring my body, put it under subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. Paul was concerned about himself continuing in the faith. He, he never wanted to relax when it came to the things of God. Yeah, rest is important. Must, you must rest. You can't tear yourself apart, but don't relax when it comes to the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you come? Why don't we pray for one another? Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we magnify Jesus? Hallelujah.
There's only one 